Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, all included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite content in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Thanks for listening to the Best of Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowher on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go. So much content. Where do I start? Live in Los Angeles, it's the herd, wherever you may be, and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us part of your day, J-Mac. KD debuts tonight for the Phoenix Suns. That thing's going to work. Game one. It's going to work instantly. Yeah, just like Kyrie and no. Dallas and Russell Westbrook no. and the Clippers. Those are different cats. I'll get to that in five minutes. Are you excited it's March? The calendar says March. I'm excited because of two or three things. One, this is the final stretch for the NBA. Notice how well the Warriors played last night? Oh yeah. Here goes KD and the Suns. I'm. This is a good time of the year. Oh, love it. Let me start with this. Aaron Rodgers went on a podcast with a philosopher. Don't giggle. Nothing wrong with philosophers. And uh, on the podcast, he talked about giving the Green Bay Packers a heads up on what he's going to do. And as it often is with Aaron Rodgers, it was thoughtful. He said, listen, quote, he was on this uh, Aubrey Marcus podcast. He's a philosopher, I'm told. He said, there's a finality to the decision. I'm not taking it lightly. I don't want to drag anybody around. I'm answering questions because I got asked about it. I'm talking about it because it's important to me. If you don't like it, you think it's drama, you think I'm a diva or whatever, tune it out. That's fine. But this is my life. It's important to me. I'll make a decision soon enough, and we'll go down that road. I'll be really excited about that. So there's two ways you could kind of look at this if you're a Packer fan. Number one is it's March 1st. The season ended February 12th. It's no big deal. The Packers don't have any cap space anyway in free agency, which starts in two weeks. Even if Aaron left, they don't have a lot of cap space. And it's not like Green Bay's ever a big player in free agency. And for God's sakes, Jordan loves in the building. If Aaron, if Aaron leaves, they got the guy in the building. <laughs> the season just ended a couple of weeks ago. It ain't that big of a deal. In Green Bay free agency, it's an eye roll. 
It's not like people are lining up to go there and they don't have much cap space with or without Aaron. You could look at it the second way. Season ended January 8th. You're taking retreats. You just spent four days in darkness. Come out with an answer. I mean, what'd you doing there? <laughs> I get that one too. Um, be a grown-up, make a decision. But my take is, on a, on a macro level, is big corporations, including this one, the NFL, the Packers, they like control. Uh, they don't like um, questions. Uh, they, don't, they don't like not having their plans finalized. Uh, they like certainties. They like cost certainties. They like guarantees. And the truth is, in America in 2023, movies, music, and sports, some of these superstars, they got more leverage. They got multiple suitors, and they're going to work on their clock, and you got to get over it. And this is exactly how Aaron Rodgers acted two and three years ago. This isn't a radical change of personality. You gave him an extension knowing this is who he is. That's on the Packers. You made a decision a year ago to give him the bag, knowing his personality. Aaron's not a radical. I mean, what did Maya Angelou say? People act a certain way. You know, they show you who they are. Believe them. Aaron is arguably the most authentic, honest, and upfront professional athlete we have. Doesn't mean I always agree with him, but he lets his he puts his cards on the table. He'll tell you what he thinks about the media, about vaccines. Uh, about conspiracy theories. He'll tell you what he thinks about the Packers. He's got a quote in this podcast. He talks about Matt LaFleur. So I've always kind of had a theory on this is that if you're honest with me, I can deal with anything after that. Just be upfront. Don't be passive aggressive. Just be upfront about it. So Aaron's basically telling you, I'm just being authentic. I'm just being honest. I'm just being upfront. This stuff means a lot. You know who I am. You gave me an extension. I'll give you an answer soon enough. And uh, I'm okay with it. I, I really am. I, I do think at some point when you go on a retreat, like I said this earlier, if I was on the fence, I don't know if I want to stay married or not, and I told my wife I'm going to go to Vegas with the boys for four days, I'll get closer to an answer when I get back. Probably not what she wants to hear. But big agencies, big governments, big companies, big corporations, big groups with power want answers. And with stars in America today making what they make, multiple platforms, multiple revenue streams, multiple suitors, Aaron Rodgers has more control than Green Bay does. And they knew it, and they gave him an extension anyway last year. It's on them. It's not on him. And they're not a big free agent player anyway. And hell, Jordan loves in the building. If Aaron walks, he's in the building. You got the replacement. You don't have to go out and get Carr, Garoppolo. He's in the building. All right, so this is something. Speaking of big personalities, <laughs> I, I like Kevin Durant a lot. You know that. And one of the reasons I think Kevin Durant's going to be really successful with the Phoenix Suns is he's a baller. He's not, he's not a strident personality. He's kind of chill. He's a plug-and-play guy. You can put Kevin Durant with anybody. He worked with Draymond. He worked with Steph. He, wor he got Westbrook to a finals. Uh, actually, before he got hurt this year, he and Ben C work with Ben Simmons. Nobody can work with Ben Simmons except Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant works on Olympic teams. He works on the West Coast, the Midwest, the East Coast, young players, old players. It doesn't matter. Kevin Durant's a baller. He doesn't need the ball in his hands all the time. He's not a strident personality. But it was very interesting. Both the Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and the Clippers, a good team, Dallas, with, they brought in at the trade deadline Kyrie Irving. Big personality, strong opinions, and a certain defined style. And they're one and four. 
And the Clippers, a pretty good basketball team. I think they're the one team that matches up very, very well with Golden State. The Warriors getting hotter now. Uh, Westbrook, big, strident style. Defined style. Very rigid. Doesn't make them bad guys. But the Clippers lost again last night. They're 0-3 with Westbrook. And so the bigger the personality, the, the more strident the game, the more defined the style, maybe bringing them in at the trading deadline is too much for the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks to handle. Kyrie and Westbrook are like adding a really strong spice to a meal, and you're like, whoa, 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 what is that? Uh, that's going to take some getting used to. They are strong. They'll tell you what they think. Um, their style is this and not that. Neither plays a lick of defense. They both need the ball. They both want their points. Head down, this is what I am. That's not Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, you can add him to any dish. It doesn't. He, he worked with Ben Simmons. They were a two seed before he got hurt. He worked with Steph. He worked with Draymond. He worked with everybody. He was the only thing that worked in Brooklyn. The only thing. So he's going to hit it out of the park with the Suns starting tonight. He'll have big points. He'll dominate. And they'll roll. And I think they're going to get, my guess is, they're getting to the Western Conference Finals. But Westbrook has struggled with James Harden. Hell, he struggled with LeBron. Nobody struggles with LeBron. <laughs> Everybody works. Bosh worked. Battier worked. Ray Allen worked. D. Wade worked. Kyrie Irving worked. Kevin Love worked. J.R. Smith worked. Anthony Davis worked. KCP worked. Westbrook didn't work. Westbrook didn't work with LeBron. And so at the trading deadline in basketball, maybe it's simply asking too much to bring in a very ball-centric, defined personality at the break. It'd be different if you bring him in preseason. You kind of work through your issues. Guys kind of hang out. You know what you have, uh, and you slowly work them in. But to just bring in Westbrook and Kyrie and say, jam them in, that strong spice at the deadline, because the Mavericks are good, and the Clippers are really good, and they're both 1-7 and seven combined with these two guys. So, uh, and, and by the way, Westbrook struggled with Harden. He struggled with Mello and Paul George. Uh, it, it goes back. Sam Presti runs Oklahoma City. Highly respected. One of the smartest guys in basketball. And, and I don't have all the inner workings of it, but I still contend, as the league was becoming a shooter's league, uh, Kevin Durant felt like the team was pro-Westbrook and not pro-Kevin. And in the end, I would have made it, and Sam's brilliant, but I would have made it abundantly clear years in advance it's Durant's team, Westbrook, take it or leave it. Kevin felt like they made a choice, and it was too often Westbrook. He went time and time again reportedly and said, listen, the guy has the ball in his hands. I get the ball too late in the shot clock. Can we make it work? He's a, kind of got a rigid style. So it's the one mistake. Presti's done a really good job there, but it's the one, it's the one situation in his career. How can you let Kevin Durant walk out the door and, and not curry favor with him every second of the day? So it's just interesting. The Clippers are now 0-3 with Westbrook. Situationally, end of the game last night, made a play that was regrettable. Not sure why you'd have him in late. And the Mavericks are now 1-4 with Kyrie Irving. KD, meanwhile, starts tonight, and he is going to crush for Phoenix. Plug-and-play guy. Um, all right. We got a lot of stuff. Very excited. J-Mac, you know, there's just opportunities to love so much in life and sports. And the next month is going to be so great. Unless you're a Clippers fan.
and you watch Ty Lue <laughs> shove Westbrook into the starting lineup. <laughs> Ty Lue's supposed to be a well, great coach, Colin. What on earth okay, is he doing? And here's the other thing. It's not a surprise that with nonverbal Kawhi and passive Paul George that Westbrook fills the void, fills the vacuum, right? There's a, there's a space for a big, strong personality. You insert Westbrook in, and he takes control because Kawhi's nonverbal. Uh, and, and Paul's a great player, but a little passive. Like, he always feels like a two, even though he's got right. one talent. So you put Westbrook in, and he's like, I'll take over. Of course he will. That's his personality. That's his style. That's who he is. So he shouldn't have some awareness and, and realize, that's like, not, hey, man, you're joining a team that's a contender. Sit back a little bit. That's pass not, the ball around. That's not what he is. And that, you know, to each their own, that's not what he is. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Sean Payton, my friend, by the way, my friend Sean Payton, who used to visit me every week for 30 minutes and give me all sorts of insights, and then my friend left me. There's some sadness. Uh, but now I can root for him for the Denver Broncos, and I think he's going to do very well. We both talked about this. It's, this is the easiest team in the league to bet they're going to double their win total. <laughs> Denver's going to be much better. How much better with Herbert in the division and, you know, Mahomes and Andy Reid, but they're going to be much better. Um, <clears throat> and so 
Uh, Sean Payton, the Russell Wilson office thing got a lot of play. He had his own office, second floor, a lot of leaks, a lot of uh, shrapnel on this thing now, and people didn't like it. So Sean Payton recently talked about it, and here he is. It was a tough year, and so someone said it last night. I forget what I was watching. You know, they have success last night. I don't think... The upstairs meeting room matters to anybody. I don't think it matters because I didn't see any articles from any of you, you know, prior to week one or week two, and that was happening. But it, that's, that's what happens when you lose. Then everything gets looked at closely, and, and including the coaching. By the way, I disagree a little. The number one rule in sports, all sports, all levels, if you're winning, don't derail the train, okay? Keep it to yourself. Nobody cares about your problems. Nobody cares about your ego, your paycheck. If you're winning, don't derail it. Hard to win. Hard to win all levels. Hard to win for the Warriors. Hard to win now for Alabama football. It's hard to win. Don't derail it. Now, once you lose, stuff leaks. But I, I, I believe this to be true. I've worked at a lot of different companies. Even when the companies are crushing, employees are grumbling privately about something. There's no perfect company. There's no always happy employee, right? So I think one of the things, Russell Wilson's personality did not change. He's the same guy. I've known Russell for a long time. He's the same exact guy. What changed is the win-loss record. And so I don't think, I mean, you're seeing it now. It's easy to pile on Russell Wilson. And it is surprising to me how much joy people in Seattle and Denver immediately took in piling on Russell Wilson. I've always liked him. Um, he's a very religious guy. He's a very optimistic guy. Uh, there's a T-bow quality to him. It's always sunny. Uh, let's ride. It doesn't bother me. What bothered me about Tebow was he wasn't very good. Uh, I, if you can play, you can play. Uh, it, your religion, your optimism, some think, think it's corny or inauthentic. What do I care? you're a good dad, good husband, good player, I don't care what church you go to. I really don't. Um, but, but I think it's interesting. Aaron Rodgers, Kyler Murray, and Russell Wilson. Nobody said a word about Kyler Murray's work ethic for two years. He saved the franchise. He got better first year to second, second year to third. Nobody said anything. And then he gets banged up, doesn't play, and now everything leaks. So you know that Kyler Murray and his lack of attention to detail was an issue in the building when they were winning, but nobody talked about it. So I, I don't think they're perfect companies. I think there's always unhappy employees, even when you win. But the rule in sports has always been the same. Don't derail the train when you're winning because winning is hard and the margins in pro sports are thin. Um, as far as the office goes, Belichick couldn't stand when Brady had Alex Guerrero in the building. Remember that, the trainer? And he was the GOAT and they were winning. Belichick didn't like it. Coaches like control. Saban does, Belichick does, Sean Payton does. Never forget Sean Payton's answer initially when asked about Russell Wilson's office. Russell Wilson had a, a personal coach, Jake Keeves, in the building with access who wasn't on the staff. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that. Right, how do you feel about um, players having their own people off the staff in the building access to players? Yeah, that's foreign to me. That, that's not going to take place here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with it. But our staff will be here, our players will be here, and that'll be it. By the way, Aaron has a little pushback from management in Green Bay. They want control and they want answers. And Russell, 
Maybe have a little pushback in Denver. They want you to be with the rest of the guys. You don't get your own office in Kyler Murray in Arizona. You're not studying as much as you want, as we want, so we're going to make it public. Again, we're moving into a new time. It's not a bad time, but sports, music, and movies now. These guys have these guys have power, and you got to hand them bennies that you don't give to other players, and that's the reality of it. Um, and nobody's nobody's completely happy with Russell, Aaron, or Kyler. But when you win, they're still grumbling, but you don't let it out. Don't derail it. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I don't mean to be obnoxious, but um, the NBA playoffs are a different sport than the regular season. We discussed this yesterday. That in the regular season, the Knicks play the Celtics on Monday night. They have two different mindsets. It's the last game of a road trip for Boston. They rest Jalen Brown. Uh, first quarter, Knicks hair on fire. They'd won five in a row. Uh, they're at home. They're trying to get a better seed. Boston doesn't isn't losing a lot of sleep on seeding in the East. Uh, and so, you know, the Knicks win, and everybody's like, ah, game meant, doesn't, meant very, very little to Boston. But in the playoffs, that's different. Everybody's got the same passion, uh, the same equally rested roster. So it's a whole different ball game. And for years and years, I've watched people cover this sport, and they fall for these the Derrick Rose Bulls who had never won anything, so that the seeding became huge. Folks, seeding doesn't matter to championship-level teams. It just doesn't matter. They'll win on the road. They'll win at home. The Warriors went to Boston and won when they had the win. That's what you do if you're great. Boston wasn't great. They were good. Okay? Warriors are great. They won the final. They go on the road. They win the most important game in the series. So the Warriors won last night. They played like crap early, but they're the best third-quarter basketball team on the planet, have been for most of the last eight, nine years, came out with a huge third quarter, came from 23 down to win. And have you noticed now, as they rest players, get players healthy, give them some time off, they've won three straight. Klay Thompson's having his best year in half a decade. Steph is returning soon. And a little reminder, they're starting five when it's Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Green, and, and uh, Kayvon Looney, number one in the NBA per 100 possessions. And so what they've done, they've figured out their bench, which was a real struggle early in the year. Jamichael Green, a veteran player, comes off the bench, can add size. Dante DiVincenzo adds some shooting and leadership. Jordan Poole adds some scoring. And Jonathan Kaminga adds athleticism. So now they've got the rotation and the bench figured out. The last five NBA champs, one of them was a number one seed. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you want to go on the road a lot, but it means in the end, get your team healthy. Good baseball teams. Houston will do this. Uh, the Dodgers will do this. The Braves will do this. You rest some starters. You get them ready for the big final run. You get them ready for the postseason. In the playoffs, the head coach matters a lot. That's why I think Miami will upset somebody in the East. The head coach matters a lot. Steve Kerr's as good a coach as we have, especially situationally. Uh, defense matters more. The Warriors haven't played good regular season defense. Why? They come off an extended playoff run. They're older. They're tired. But they figured their bench out. They've got some scoring, some length, some size, Kaminga, athleticism, leadership. And we're not even talking Gary Payton the second. He'll be ready in a month. He's a terrific lockdown defender. Here's Steve Kerr on last night's come from behind win. It just feels like we're coming together. You know, it feels like there's some uh, some chemistry, some energy that's forming. Um, 
we've been battling all season and and without Steph and Wiggs for so much of the season. And, you know, these guys have done a great job of just keeping our heads above water. And look at the West. Now, whereas in the East, you have the battle-tested Celtics in the playoffs and the battle-tested Bucks. Those are very worthy championship-level teams, right? In the West, it's a who's who of what have you ever done? Denver, Memphis, Sacramento? What are you at? Clippers? Te- teams have done nothing. They've never proven anything. You think the regular season seeding matters for the Warriors? All those guys have been in big games. Looney and Draymond and Wiggins and Steph and Clay. Here they come. I'm feeling good about it. List right here. Yeah. And currently, the Warriors are slated for a 4 5 matchup with the Phoenix Suns. Now, if memory serves, yesterday you had Booker and Kevin Durant as a very dangerous duo. Yeah. You don't think the Warriors would love to avoid them and maybe rather play the Kings or the Grizzlies? I, I, I think they dominated the Grizzlies last year in the playoffs. Kings haven't been in the playoffs. Do you like think in the years. next 20 games, the standings in the West are going to stay the same? But I think the Warriors strategically should try to avoid Kevin Durant. And Phoenix in the first round. Or or get rid of the biggest threat right away. Go right at him. Well, I, all I'm saying is, I think KD and the Suns are going to be excellent. But if they face the Warriors in a series, I'm taking Golden State. Gosh, that would be good for These the These guys NBA. haven't played a game yet. I know they'll be good. But when you watch the playoffs last year, it, it now the Warriors were much better last year. Um, and, and, and last year may have been the year to get them because Klay Thompson was coming off the injury. But, you know, Steph now, they're not going to rush him back. Klay Thompson's having – the backcourt for the Warriors is substantially better this year because uh, DiVincenzo's been a great addition. Great. Jordan Poole now is more consistent. Klay's having his best year in half a decade. And now Steph going to be rested heading into the final run. So their backcourt is better. Their issue has been, okay, uh, Wiseman doesn't work. He can score, but he doesn't really fit. I mean, when you watch Wiseman play with him, it didn't work. So they have Jamichael, you know, Green, who's a veteran guy, been bounced yep. around the league. Javon Looney, uh, Kayvon Looney. So they got some size. Their issue sometimes is a size issue. They can give up cheap stuff underneath. But now the wing position, they're starting to play Kuminga, who I love. Kerr likes him, doesn't necessarily trust him. But now I've got Wiggins. Now I've got Kuminga giving me 15 minutes a night. Are you like more Kuminga or Poole off the bench? Those two guys are so freaking exciting. Well, Poole, like Kuminga had a dunk last night oh. that was through. <laughs> it was insane. So they're different players. Poole, when Steph hit, Poole's a scorer. He's a scorer. And, and by the way, who has a backcourt that has Curry, Clay, and Poole? You got three guys that could drop 36. Three. Nobody in the league has that. No. Um, but it's, you generally don't win championships through their guards. It's, it's more of a wing league. And so Andrew Wiggins, the concern is Wiggins got paid. He's kind of passive. He's got his ring. Does he care? I think when you're a championship team, one of the hardest things to do is convince guys after a long playoff run, urgency, it's hard. It's very hard. This is a long, long season. And so remember Popovich when he had Duncan, never cared about the seed. He wanted his team healthy. He wanted it all synced up. Six, seven games left in the regular season. Let's get some chemistry. The NBA is unique. You can flip a switch. You can't do it. He was a load management guy too, right? Popovich. I think he started load management. Did not love it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, uh, speaking of the Bay Area, uh, John Lynch, 
who I covered for years in Tampa, and he used to work at this network. Great guy. He's the GM now. He's built a powerhouse. Um, they have Trey Lance, who they don't know if he can play. Brock Purdy won't be ready, maybe, for September. And so he said, we may be looking for a quarterback. I think we're all product of our experiences. Um, we've learned, um, you know, was in some meetings today where the league's discussing potential solutions for, you know, third quarterbacks such that we never have that kind of. But the reality is it's, it's very few and far between where those instances happen. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And, yeah, you, we, we may have to look into the quarterback market in addition to Brock and Trey to insulate ourselves from, from whatever may happen. Now, Garoppolo is not the answer. They've all said that. They're moving off Garoppolo. So you have Brock Purdy, who may not be ready, with a Super Bowl roster, and Trey Lance, who may not be good. We don't know. So keep your eyes on Tom Brady. I'm not joking. Mike Silver, who's very connected, covers, he's a reporter, covers the Niners, has said it's almost too obvious. Tom's got nothing to do for a year. It's a Super Bowl roster. Purdy may not be ready, and you're not sure if Trey can play, and Garoppolo's gone. Who else would you bring in? Remember, when I had Brady on, when he announced his retirement, it was brought to my attention when I asked the question about was he 100% sure that this was his answer. The future is very hard to predict for all of us. I mean, nothing's really guaranteed. But I think you just take it day by day. I'm super excited. I really am. I think there's a lot of great things ahead. And... I think you need to create space for those things too. And, you know, uh, when one thing ends, naturally other opportunities present themselves. And, you know, I don't try to make predictions. And sometimes I'm really good with certainty. And I think in this case, I'm good with a little bit of uncertainty, even though I have some great opportunities in my professional life ahead. He didn't give me the answer. (laughs) That was brought to my attention is that he could have just said, it's over. He said right there, the opportunities, San Francisco, Mike Silver, who I trust, is still in play. It is a, it's like KD to the Suns. You got all the pieces here. Step in and just drive it. Complete passes. Get in and out of trouble at the line of scrimmage. So Garoppolo's gone. So with that roster, Kyle Shanahan, are you going to go with a seventh round quarterback and a guy you're not sure can play? or the greatest quarterback of all time in an NFC that, as we've noted, Philadelphia is losing some free agents. San Francisco's bringing the guys back. They're bringing everybody back. You're rolling your eyes on this. It makes way too much sense to me. I thought he was just looking at private schools in Miami last month. And I, I'm not the- saying he's I, – I, I thought it was an authentic retirement – but after that interview, it was brought to my attention by multiple people. They're like, go back and listen to that answer. And you just listen to it again. It's not definitive. It's kind of fuzzy. It's kind of nebulous. This is Steve Cavino And Rich Davis. And together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right. Cavino and Rich, Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. 
every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rockin' dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah! Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long long way away with over 122 million parts you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly brake kits led headlights roof racks bumpers whatever your baby needs ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices you're burning rubber not cash Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Aaron Rodgers was on a podcast of somebody who's a philosopher. And uh, no laughing. Nothing wrong with philosophers. That's a major in college. You can major in philosophy. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Aaron puts it out there all the time. So he was talking about being doubted before. And he was talking on this Aubrey Marcus podcast. He's been doubted before. And uh, here you go. I've been doubted before. And look, honestly, I felt in the first year that Matt was here, Matt was in Green Bay in 19. I felt at times like a game manager. Like it was just, I didn't quite understand what we were doing at times on offense. And my job was to take care of the football. And I did, you know, I threw four interceptions and, 26 touchdowns and we were 13 and three but I felt like there was so much more and you know then they drafted my replacement and then I went MVP twice and I threw 85 touchdowns and nine interceptions in two years and obviously there were some changes that happened on the team and the coaching staff 
and I didn't have my best year plan. And there's probably people that think I'm done. Uh, by the way, I like his honesty, and that'll make somebody in Green Bay uncomfortable, and I'm okay with discomfort. But it should be noted, pre-Matt LaFleur, Aaron was 10-12-1 in his previous 23 games. With Matt LaFleur and having less control, he was 13-3. and And then 13-3. and And then 13-3. and So Matt LaFleur bringing from Tennessee a bit of a run influence has been wildly successful. And Aaron, with less leverage and less control, has been wildly successful MVPs. This year, they paid Aaron. He had a lot of offseason. He had more leverage and power, and he wasn't very good. So when he had power with McCarthy at the end and was rolling his eyes and blowing off plays, Aaron wasn't very good. It was a bad version of Aaron. And then Lafleur said, more of a run influence, manage the game at times instead of ad-libbing, and he went 39-9. and And this year, again, Aaron had more power. They ran less. Remember the big complaint about Green Bay this year? Early on was, got Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Use them both. And they didn't run the ball until late in the year when they played better and went on a winning streak. So the truth is, they have been with Matt LaFleur a better team, and they were better early um, with Mike McCarthy when Aaron had less power. When Aaron wasn't making any money early, they were really, really good. And then when Aaron uh, didn't have the control with Matt LaFleur, they were really, really good. This year, he got paid. He had money. He had leverage. He had power. Didn't show up in the offseason. He had his worst year in a long time. So as long as he can be honest about that, is that... um, You know, Aaron shouldn't have too much power. He's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. I don't think he's Burrow. He has aged. He's aged fine. But not giving him ultimate power has been very good for Aaron Rodgers. It's been very good. By the way, his Super Bowl winning year, they had a run game that flourished at the end of the season. This year, when they started using Aaron Jones, less relying on Aaron Rodgers, they were very good at the end of the season. They were bad early. One more herd? The herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. Interesting team. He led the T Wolves to the playoffs last year. Got a big win last night against the Clippers. Chris Finch has been around this league for a long time, the T Wolves coach. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. And what's fascinating about you is uh, your team went out. And a lot of people didn't get it, but you brought in Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. You had a big in Carl Anthony Towns. You have an emerging young star in Anthony Edwards. And then at the trading deadline, you bring in one of the smarter guys in the league, like a real grown-up, uh, Mike Conley. Yeah. You're juggling them. Yeah. <laughs> you are juggling stuff nonstop. So I want to I start with that premise, yeah. is the trading deadline's interesting. I made the argument that Westbrook and Kyrie are such defined players with styles it may have been the wrong move to inject them into a team at the deadline. Conley is different. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's really like a mentor. He's one of the smartest guys. You can bring him, I think, kind of into any situation. Mm-hmm. So how do you see Conley and Edwards? Because right now, Anthony Edwards, I'm, is he lost? Where, where are you with him? Yeah, I don't think he's lost at all. I think this is just another evolution of his growth. Um, just, you know, now uh, just, you know, facing so many different defenses, so many different looks, all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, he's got to keep figuring it out. Mike alongside of him is going to help him. 
Uh, the real, re- the, one of the real reasons that you bring in a guy like Mike at this point is uh, when we get Cat back and we have Ant, you know, he's the, we feel he's the perfect bridge between those guys, as well as bringing an existing chemistry with Rudy Gobert, uh, which is a guy we still have yet to really maximize as a player. Yeah. Um, and to your point, you know, about the trade deadline and bringing in players like the, the, the our season has been one in flux through injuries or illnesses. Right. And that's, that's kind of the league nowadays. I think as a coach, if you don't maintain, uh, a flexible enough system to keep integrating um, all the roster changes that you have, whether it be load management or injuries or illnesses or trades or whatnot, um, it you know becomes really really hard. But fortunately, like we've got enough guys who are able to play in a lot of different styles, and that helps us. You know? And by the way, we we love Anthony Edwards, but I I said this earlier today. In college football, you can get a 24 year old man, and he's been hard coached. For four to five years, he may have redshirted. Yeah. You get an AAU kid where he may not have been coached for years, and then one year briefly of college, and then he's on to you at 19. Yeah. And so we we want our players to be great and defined. They're kids. Yeah. And so with Anthony Edwards, he got a lot. He was um, enormously gifted year one. Year two, we're like, what happened? He just appeared. Where is he in terms of there's some hero ball going on? Where, where, is it hard for you to coach younger players? Yeah. Um, no, it's not hard at all to coach younger players. I'm, the ones we have are for, unfortunate. They, they like to be coached hard. They, they respond well to, to being coached hard. Uh, you know, I think Anthony's had a really good year, year three. Um, for him, it's been a lot about building habits. You know, not, not just about what you're doing on the floor, but what habits are you building as a professional? What, how you eat, how you work, how you prepare, how you sleep. These are things that most young players don't come in the league with. And teaching those habits is, is just as much a part of our job as a staff and an organization yeah. as it is uh, teaching them skill and skill acquisition. Yeah. So I, um, I'm, I'm very pleased with, with Anthony's growth. Like, he plays and if you say uh, hero ball it, it he doesn't shy away from the moment you know and that's <laughs> that's what we love about him that's now, what even we do his rookie him. year he was like that yeah and then last year in the playoffs going into the playoffs I, I had a little concern as that he would try to do too much right um and from that maybe not have success but uh he met the moment there okay. and you know he, he still has some con- inconsistencies he's got to work out and yeah. uh, that's again backed up by just getting better and better habits um, he'll even admit to you that he's out there just playing a lot of times. He's yeah. not thinking through the game, right. and that doesn't mean he's unintelligent. It just means he's just relying on his sure. instinct. And he's young. And he's young. And now it's just about getting enough reps in enough situations where he can see it. And bringing in a guy like Mike, who's like in his ear right now next to him. Uh, and Mike understands that, you know, he's got a lot of um, things that we need him to do. But first and foremost is help Anthony develop as a player. Um, You mentioned load management. He and I are on different sides. So Jason McIntyre believes that the reason guys play longer now is because they take nights off. I think it's because of nutrition, uh, you know, the private jets, uh, the training staffs. um, Now, and it's also not a hand check league. You don't get tackled. Um, What bothers me, because I'm an NBA fan, is a couple nights ago, I want to watch Giannis and KD. They both don't play. Um, and there was a game a couple weeks ago, Celtics-Lakers Saturday night was fantastic. All the starters played, yep. it, that I recall. And it was like, oh, okay, this, this feels like a playoff game. So whether you love it or not, um, you, don't, you don't want a player at 4.30 telling you don't want to play. But where do you land on load management? 
Yeah, I mean, it's a necessary evil in our game. And, you know, the, the one of the fastest growing uh, departments in professional sports is the performance department, you yes. know, with sports scientists and all the people that are now giving us so much data about resting and recovering and being ready to play. Um, you know, I personally, uh, you know, obviously we have to, to lean into what they say. Uh, it's not our decision as coaches. Um, we want we, we want to push our players to play. Anthony's a great example. Anthony's played every every game this season, you know, and we feel that that matters, and particularly as a young player. Unfortunately, in our league, and I've said this before, uh, resting has become a bit of a status symbol. Uh, you're so good that they don't want to play you tonight because they need you later. Uh, well, you're a team like ours. You're 500, and you're fighting for your life. You got to play every night, and that's really what the league should be all about, anyway. Um, and so, you know. Uh, we understand like there's nights that you're going to, you know, the guys might not be a hundred percent, but give us, you know, as much as you got. Thank you. And, and, you know, the thing that we can do to maybe alleviate that is to continue to thin the back to backs. Let's take away the excuses for guys to not play And back to backs happen to be a big one. I'm going having beers with buddies tonight. I'm going to play hurt tomorrow. Are you? <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to go meet my buddies for a uh, bowl of pasta and a beer. You gotta play, sometimes you got to play hurt, bad <laughs> night's sleep. Okay, so um, when you – I argue that this is the greatest the league's ever been. Yeah. Now, you're balancing some science stuff and some analytics. But whenever I hear guys don't play defense, I always kind of roll my eyes and think, yeah, but the game is so international and European and so global – you're getting guys now. Every big can shoot. Mm-hmm. It's added a complete dimension. How do you defend the corner three? It's, when the Warriors had Durant, I don't know how you defend it. Since you've been in the league, is that Warriors team with Durant the greatest team you've seen? Yeah, probably. You know, just the gravity of putting that many skilled players, that much shooting on the floor. I think that's... The, the, the league has never been as skilled with as much shooting as ever. Um, and it makes the defense look at times, you know, pretty mediocre. Yeah. It's really about trying to cover as much space as possible. And you can't, you know, it's like spread offense in football. How do you cover it all when you give optionality to really good and skilled quarterbacks? It's impossible, right? That's right. Um, and so now, and they've taken away a lot of the physicality, which we see come back during the playoffs. Uh, but during the regular season, the physicality is not there to be able to slow these guys down. You can't down. ask these guys to play 82 nights of Purdue basketball defense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but it, I think the game is fluid. It's kind of back to the, to me. It's back to the it, closer to its roots. It's uh, interchangeable parts, positionless players, yeah. ball movement, player movement, and you know, and Steve Curry, Curry, and um, you know, his staff and the Golden State Warriors are really kind of. They were at the forefront of that revolution, and like most leagues, it's a copycat league, and everybody wants to play that way when they see success. What if I? If I I'm going to say I'm going to give you a coach that you go up against, yeah. And guys that I like, uh, uh, I don't know Eric Spolstra really well, but I know him. If I say Spolstra, give me a paragraph on what what he is and what makes him hard to coach against. I mean, their teams play super physical, never beat themselves. They. They, you know what they're going to do. They do it so well that it still matters. You know, you, you can't really uh, impact it. Um, you know, I always say that whenever you play a Spo coach team, the first time you play them, that you know you learn a lot and and you learn quickly, and they pretty much beat you up. Um, when you go out and play them again, you know it's all about making adjustments. Um, and you know, obviously, he's an outstanding end of game situational oh, great, coach. Yeah, he's a great situational coach. Yeah. Steve Kerr. 
Yeah, Steve, uh, you know, I think um, when I when we play those what he did is he really kind of just changed the entire way that team played when he came in. Um, gives a lot of freedom to his players, um, as you see. Um, but, you know, he's a lot more fiery and competitive than oh, you would think. Oh, God. Yeah. And that, I think, is infused through his team. Yes. So I want to ask you about a player. So I have been very reluctant to embrace Denver. He likes Denver. And I know Jokic is great. Hard guy to defend. You remember Sabonis. Mm-hmm. So I covered Sabonis for years. Outside of Shaq, everybody struggled with him. Yeah. He was a refrigerator. You couldn't move him. Uh, Shaq was the only guy, and Shaq moved everybody. Um, Jokic has a little bit of a feel like that. Tremendous passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, big IQ. Um, doesn't want to. Doesn't need all the accolades. Yeah. Couldn't give a rip. I worry about him defensively. I worry about if he's off or gets in foul trouble. Who's the two? Um, Draymond's defense and the tricks don't work against him. Yeah. Am I underselling Denver? Do you buy them as a playoff team? Oh, I, yeah, I for sure buy them as a playoff team. I think, uh, you know, when you have uh, a guy like Jokic, um, you know, you're always going to have a chance. He just, he's a, he basically generates so much offense all by himself. Great pass. For himself and for everybody else, of course. Um, the key is, you know, in the playoffs, everyone wants to kind of, muddy up the game they're going to go small um but the key to being and staying big when teams go small in the playoffs is i think scoring you know can the big punish the smalls enough in the playoffs right and he's going to be able to do that so that's why some of these teams that that traditionally maybe have gone small in the playoffs to have great success whether it be golden state or the clippers you know they they might struggle uh, and they're going to have to bring double teams. And bringing a double team to a guy who's that good of a passer yeah. is not always the best thing to do either. I think the best team in the league, and I think by adding Jay Crowder, they add another get-a-bucket guy. Yeah. I think Milwaukee is going to beat Boston. Um, I, I worry sometimes with Boston, if, if, if Jalen Brown's off, it becomes very Tatum-centric. Marcus Smart's a, a solid offensive player. Robert Williams' health concerns me. Yeah. I think I think Milwaukee's really a handful. Uh, it, very rarely is Giannis off, but it's Middleton, it's Ingles, uh, it's Drew Holiday. It's just a lot of Golden State's got this quality mm-hmm. now. Jordan Poole can be a bucket guy. Wiggins can. Um, I the best team I've seen on their best nights in the league to me is Milwaukee. You faced them. Your your opinion on them? Yeah. Well, they and they're not even healthy. I mean, they have Middleton who's still working his way back. Yeah, you yeah. know, so I, I you know I agree, and they've got the experience of playing together. That nucleus has been together. Um, you know, they they play both sides of the ball for sure. Um, you know, Ingles is going to help them with his uh, playmaking and defensive versatility in the yeah. playoffs. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I I couldn't agree more. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, you know, both teams are kind of very physical. Um, you know, I th- you know, a lot of the, the East is, is a little more intriguing maybe in the West right now when, it, when it's the top of the table race. Yeah. And it's a fun one to watch. But, uh, you know, it's hard to go, go against Giannis. I mean, the guy is like superhuman when you're out there. Insane. So you, you coached AD. You were on yeah. Alvin Gentry's staff. Yep. Uh, I like him, but I do think um, – I think some players age more quickly than others. I thought about three years ago, that was the ceiling. Um, there's been some slight erosion. Um, when you play with LeBron, Kevin Love and Bosch discovered this. This has always been my theory on LeBron, is that LeBron doesn't want his big to get in the middle of the lane because if when he loses confidence on his jumper, 
He wants to go to the basket, score at the basket. He'll mm-hmm. get the confidence back. But he can ebb and flow as a jump shooter with confidence. Mm-hmm. He's gone on. I mean, even this year, he's had moments. And so Anthony Davis, unlike Bosch or Love, is not a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Those guys are really tr- tremendous. I don't know if AD and LeBron have great chemistry. I think they're both chill guys that, that just, they both want to win games. Yeah. Um, what did you make of AD? Uh, he had a soft label for a while. How, what's the perfect way to use him? Yeah, I mean, I, one thing I love about AD is like he'll get you 35 points and you don't have to run a single play for him. You know, he'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll, uh, he'll score all ways that you possibly can. He'll get out in transition. He'll make an occasional three. He'll get a rim, uh, you know, lob dunk, offensive rebound, make an elbow jumper. You can throw it to him in the post. Um, and I think, you know, if you're just playing kind of in the flow and not trying to force feed him and ask him to be a scorer, I think it's when he's at his best, you know, because he can, he's really long, athletic, he's super skilled. Um, he's got great touch and when he's like kind of playing just in the, on the move and, you know, filling space and, and, and playing off of guys, that's when I think he's really, really hard to guard because he can do all these things and you really don't have to call his number. You'd coached Harden yep. on, on the McHale staff. By the way, I just got done watching three part series on Delta Lakers Celtics eighties. <laughs> have you seen that? Yes. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Yeah. It's so, I just forget they brought Walton back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was one of the great teams of all time. Yeah, 86. So when you have Harden, very ball-centric, very gifted, um, it's, and I think Dallas is going through a little bit of this with Luka. You're talking in a prolific top 10 scoring talent of all time. Mm -hmm. Kobe was a lot of this. Um, How do you have a discussion with a Harden or Luka in their prime? If you play this way, you're going to be exhausted by the playoffs. You have the ball too much. Was it a challenge with Harden? Because he would get to the postseason mm-hmm. and he looks shot. Yeah. Is it a challenge, you think, for Dallas? Or when you, you've you been with one of those all time, you couldn't stop Harden, yeah. you can't stop Luka. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the the for me, the, the, the challenge is this. Like, when you have a guy who's kind of that ball dominant and that's, you know, can create that much offense and so much relies on him, um, they, those teams, those those types of players can make uh, average teams really good. But how do you make a good team great? great and point. that's all about sharing the floor. You know, how do you share the floor with the talent that's around you? Um, you know, and what sacrifices do you make? Because again, in the playoffs, which everything gets ramped up in the playoffs as it does in all in all these sports. And the refs swallow the whistle. The refs swallow the whistle. The game planning goes to another level. Adjustments come a lot faster. Uh, you know, as a staff, we, we have a hard line on what we're willing to live with, what we're not willing to live with. And, and at that point in time, you know, we, it's a lot easier to say this guy's not going to beat us because, uh, you know, if you take away his impact, which is 90% of the game, you know, now this team has to play in a wholly different way than they've done all season long. Yeah, it is. Inter- you have a fascinating team. So you've got guys who are not as gifted offensively go bear, but you need to figure out a way to get them the ball. Yeah. You have an ascending superstar. You have a veteran guy in Mike Conley. Um, and then you have Carl Anthony Towns, who is gifted as heck. Um, he can drive me nuts sometimes situationally, but it, it feels like your team, that it's not a talent issue. It is a, a lot of personalities. Yeah. Is that, I always said Joe Torrey, I didn't know if he was a great baseball manager, but he was the stepdad you never wanted to tick off. So he could balance Jeter and A-Rod and egos and the media. Your team feels like there's a lot of personalities 
age gaps, international, domestic. Yeah. Is it a hard team to coach, the balance? Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, it seems like it would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, they're all good guys, you know, and they want to make it work. Uh, but we do have a, a lot of different players at different points in their career, or, or as we talk about how their timeline, uh, what, ti what right. timeline are we on here? And, um, but I, I also you know, feel that the pieces do fit together. We've not really seen what we can do because of the, because of the cat injury. We've played right. 45 games without him. Um, we do know that there is a good chemistry between Cat and Rudy. Um, and, and, you know, and the Rudy trade, listen, when, when your best player at the time is Carl Anthony Towns, you're not going to go small. You're not taking him off the floor. So we thought, well, the rest of the league is, you know, zigging. We might zag That's and right. see if it works. Like, you know, we, we're probably not better as a small ball team than the Golden States of the world. So yeah. let's try to be different. And Rudy was a guy who, who basically plugged a lot of needs. And we feel that uh, he has done a great job in that. And now it's just rounding out those pieces around. Um, that fit with the you know with Rudy, Cat, and Ant, and that's really uh, you know our core that we're prepared to move forward with. Okay, so I, Draymond Green, he uh, strangely, uh, I have a podcast company, and he's one of my employees. He's very coachable, yeah, way incredibly coachable. He's a great employee. He drives people crazy. So I I always liked that guy. Uh, there was a guy named Bobby Jones who was a much better offensive player than like a Dennis Rodman. Yeah. But he was just – Jerry Sloan had this element. It's just a pain in the butt yeah. if he guarded you. And Rodman and Draymond Green. Coaching against Draymond Green, yeah. does he drive you insane? Do you, where do you land on Draymond? <laughs> I mean, he's a great player. He's a winner. He's one of the all-time winners that we've had in the league. Um, you know, he does all the things necessary to win and also cements that team together. You know, he's happy to – walk away with 14 assists if that's what it takes yeah. or you know guard the best player every night or is always in the right help spot it feels like the when you're playing the warriors there's two draymonds out there there's the one that's guarding the ball and there's the one that's guarding everybody else <laughs> you know and um and so it, for a long long time if you don't have the right personnel uh and you go up against those guys and having draymond on the floor he's so smart defensively he literally is like having a six man out there and by the way have you ever had to tell a player okay we're playing draymond tonight do not let him get in your head. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've seen. I mean, I've been in games where he's gotten into people's heads and taken them right out of the game. Um, really? And usually after they've had, you know, a little bit of their way with them. So then he just moves to the psychological warfare. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what a pleasure to have you in. You're always welcome on our show. Uh, J Mac, your sixth grade team. Did you pick up any pointers here? There's a real pro. Lots here. of stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's. I don't know about the originator of it, but. Putting the big man at the elbow and having him operate. I was watching a lot of the plays on YouTube that yeah. you drew up. Really smart stuff, obviously. Well, appreciate that. When you have, I've been lucky to work with good skilled bigs. I work with Jokic in Denver as well, and you know Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, yeah. So Demarcus Cousins. So, and and when you know, always got to try to you know play through your best players, no matter where they are or who they are. Yeah. So. Great meeting you. Yeah, appreciate. It. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Congrats on the win over the Clippers. Thank last you, night. Chris Finch, T Wolves. If you're not a fan, you should be. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. 
To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.